you know, you don't take the first no, you continue to go back. And so my favorite question now has become, if you can't do that, what can you do? So I'm like, you can tell me no, okay. And then my reply is, okay. So if you can't do that, then what can you do? And then that puts the wall back in their court. You're not going to just say no. There's something you can do. Let's figure that out. Yo, what's good, y'all? We're officially back with a full episode this week. How y'all been doing? So let me just get this out the way for those who are listening and some of those who are watching. You may have noticed that we sound a little bit different. That's because we got a new mic, baby. Upgrades. Moving up in the world. I also thought I should note that it is very late right now. So I'll probably look and sound very tired. <laughs> so just bear with me. But I wanted to make sure I spent some time to introduce the episode properly so y'all could be set up for the rest of the episode. So today I spoke with Kais Stoudemire-Williams, uh, an entrepreneur and founder of an organization called Black is Excellence, um, which is, uh, is designed to celebrate Black History Month and to promote positive images of black and brown people in Cincinnati. And that's also how we met. Uh, so today we talk about her successes and failures of leading that organization in the Midwest. We also talk about the process of her growing her own produce for families during the pandemic. Okay, and let me just be honest, we like the first 10 minutes or so, we just, we're just complaining. <laughs> we're complaining about the food system here and our grocery system here in, uh, in Cincinnati. So it's going to be hyper local for a little bit, but just stay with us. Anyway, that's enough of me. Let's just jump right into the conversation. Hey, Kai, what's going on? Uh, hi. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad we're able to figure this out and get get something going here. Are you able to talk about some of the stuff? Like, what is it that you're kind of doing, like a like day in? Because I know that you've you're kind of you got all you're all over the place. You got a bunch of stuff popping off. Like, what yeah. Is so it? my like day day to day is working on um, Hyperform, which is my uh, business. So we basically are working to ensure that people who live in food insecure neighborhoods, we're focusing on Black and African Americans, um, you know, people of color that they have access to fresh local food. So that's what I do on a day to day. I'm either at one of our sites. Um, harvesting or you know doing whatever needs to be done there delivering produce um making different connections in the community identifying families that might be in need so different things like that what got you into kind of building like you know the green infrastructure and focusing on that so it started uh probably about four or five years ago after i had my son and he was having some issues with his digestion. And so I was really trying to identify what was causing that. Um, I was nursing him at the time. And so I don't know if it was something that I was eating simply because that was the only form of, you know, nutrients that he was getting. So I really just started taking a deep dive into like my eating habits and trying to really identify what was causing that. And um, long story short, I started a natural uh, baby food company, basically, so that I could ensure that I was feeding him things that were healthy for him, that he was receiving the most nutritious food 
when I went to the grocery store, I bought baby food once and got it home and it was spoiled, like under the cap. It was all kind of green and gray, like mildew. And it was just really disgusting. So I, I just wanted to make sure that I knew like where his food was coming from. There were different um, research reports that the top baby food companies have like different metals in their food just because of the way that they are manufactured and that they're over utilizing the land that they're growing on. And so they're not giving the land enough time to regenerate. So it's causing all of these different issues in the baby food. So that's kind of how the this track started. And then COVID-19 exposed our food system even more as far as the logistics, shipping food, um, people not being able to get to the food, the national food shortage. So that kind of shone a light on how much um, local food matters and why it's important for people who live in these. Like I live in Roseline. We don't have a grocery store. I have to drive a grocery store or a farmer's market. I have to drive through three or four neighborhoods before I get to the grocery store, which is ridiculous. And then hope that there's fresh food when I get there. <laughs> and this is like, a, this is less like Kroger or something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a, there's not a Kroger anywhere on the Redding Road corridor. Avondale, Bond Hill, Golf Manor, Roseline, none of those neighborhoods have a major grocery store or farmer's market and all of them are predominantly african-american communities i mean no i mean (laughs) i always find that so so wild that we have um i mean kroger is a internationally like international globally scaled uh like grocery and and produce like organization and they're Mm -hmm. they're stationed here in cincinnati this is the headquarters and i feel like out of all the places i've been to um I feel like we have probably the worst representation of Kroger in general, like in terms of where they're located, the actual facilities themselves. Like you would think that mm-hmm. since we're headquartered here, we'd have like they prioritize their own backyard. But you go exactly. over to like, you know, other other cities and other region uh, in the region in the Midwest. And then even if you go to like the West Coast and you see like Publix and like Ralph's and all that, mm-hmm. that's still Kroger brand. There's so many all over the place. It's almost like you can't like you can't go like, you know, 10 miles without finding another one. Right. But I feel like here the like there's so little amount and they try to cram three or four communities and three or four neighborhoods into one mm-hmm. specific Kroger. And it doesn't make any exactly. like, don't make no sense to me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like it's not even like a um, it's 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 not even like you're not seeing it because you're so busy. It's like you're purposefully avoiding that because that's like that's mm-hmm. a huge problem. It's right there. Yeah, for know. sure. I agree. All right, and this is no hate to y'all, Kroger. It's all love, I promise. But y'all gotta do better, for real. Thankfully, we're in a place where like folks are resourceful, and like you know, mm-hmm. we have folks like you, and there's some other people that I've spoken right. to. Um, who are running different organizations and focusing on creating their own, um, uh, they're, they're building their own produce and making their own sort of ecosystems within their neighborhoods and starting these gardens and whatnot. And, you know, it's, you mm-hmm. know, that I guess could be a blessing out of that, but still like the experience itself is really just like, it's, it's painful because you have to mm-hmm. like, you have to get, it's a whole, like you have to mentally prepare yourself to get ready mm-hmm. because you know it's probably going to be crazy pet because it's just again exactly. so many different communities there 
and you're probably not going to have everything you need that's on your list. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's a whole thing. So Yeah, actually, I shared, it was a presentation I did, and I don't think that people actually realized how inconvenient it is for people who don't have a Kroger in their neighborhood. Let's say you have two or three children. Hopefully you have transportation, but if you don't, you need to find somebody to watch your children if you don't want to take them on the bus go to the grocery store like there's so many different barriers that exist that people don't realize when it comes to not having food in your local neighborhood yeah that's so crazy so you said you were making your own baby food and yeah so i at the time i was making baby food for my son and then other people were interested and um I started doing it for other people and so the idea was to kind of expand and scale but like I said, COVID-19 happened. And so that sent me back to the drawing board where people were like, okay, we, we don't really need the baby food. We actually just need the produce right now. Mm, so yeah. um, everybody was at home all day. They needed extra snacks and supplements for their meals and different things like that. So that's where delivering the produce to those families came into place. How do you even figure out? I'm sorry. I'm like so stuck on the baby food okay, thing. Well, <laughs> I can switch over. Uh-huh. But how do you even find out... Uh, like how to how to make baby food like i feel like i I went online and like the library shout out to all the libraries out there if you got one in your neighborhoods and your cities spend some time there just every now and then anyway they have so many books i just started researching like what ingredients were compatible to others um what worked best taste wise and all of these different things i had a book and it was like the baby food basically bible so <laughs> I looked, um, did a lot of different research to find out what works and what doesn't taste-wise and compatibility-wise to make sure that it was not just nutritious, but that it actually tastes good. Right. Because I feel like mm-hmm. when I see baby food, I mean, it, you're talking about that green mush. And I was like, oh, isn't that what it's <laughs> supposed to look like? <laughs> <I Right>. mean, <laughs> yeah, it should look a lot more appetizing than yeah, that. <laughs> it, it looks horrible. So <laughs> but that, no, that's, that's cool, though. I, um and that's really great. That's really great work. And that's, uh, I'm glad that you're doing that. But uh, so, so you've been here. Have you been here your whole life? Are you from here? What's going on? No. So I uh, was born in LA. So I lived in Los Angeles up until I was about eight or nine years old. And then my family moved to <laughs> Prattville, Alabama on a farm, <laughs> which is where I guess my penchant for growing and all things green comes into play. Um, so I lived on a, a working farm for about four years. And then we moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And I went to um, middle school and high school in Cleveland. And then I moved to Cincinnati for college. And I met my husband here and kind of stuck around so that's how I ended up in Cincinnati I do want to I do want to switch a little bit and um because this is very interesting to me this is where um I was introduced to you and your work was uh about black is excellence I know you've done a handful probably a million interviews and things about it you probably know about it from the, by the back of your hand but um, I really enjoyed our experience with it, and I want to hear from you. I just want to learn more about what that is, what the what the mission of it was, and kind of where it came from. Uh, of course, yeah, I, I never get tired of talking about Black is Excellence. Um, so, like you mentioned, I'm not from Cincinnati, and um, 
when I moved to Cincinnati, I realized that there were all of these huge marketing campaigns for different things throughout the year. Opening day, March of Dimes, I mean, you name it, it had a, a marketing campaign, downtown Cincinnati, and it was very visible. And year after year, I also realized that February would roll around. And now, I mean, June also, now Juneteenth is a national holiday. So it's been recognized. But prior to the past two years, there were was no mention of Black History Month anywhere around the city. I didn't see any banners. I didn't see any type of marketing, any type of vis visibility recognizing that it was Black History Month. And I was really confused. So I just I just became really curious and started asking questions since I wasn't from Cincinnati. I didn't know if there was a reason why, if they used to do something and they just stopped or whatever the case may be. Um, so I started talking to friends and went down to City Hall, um, spoke to someone in the Office of Human Relations and started asking questions about why there's no visual representation of Black History Month. And there wasn't really a reason why there wasn't. They just weren't doing it. Mm. And that wasn't okay with me. So I presented an idea to where we could make Black History Month a visual marketing campaign where people would drive through downtown Cincinnati and know, oh, yeah, it is Black History Month. <laughs> and so um, I just started there. I started, uh, I have a friend who's an artist also. Her name's Nina M. Dot. And Paul Boos, who's the president of the Office of Human Relations. And the three of us are like a small but mighty team. And we work together. This will be our third year in 2022. So we have banners downtown. They changed the color of the iconic Cincinnati sound outside the Duke Energy Center mm -hmm. to um, represent Black History Month. Um, and then Fountain Square, Washington Park, and... Um, this past year, Finley Market, so other organizations were reaching out to just to make sure Black History Month is highlighted, that the work that Black people have done, not only in this country, but across the world, is showcased. And that Cincinnati truly is a place where people, everybody can feel included and know that they matter. There's, there's no excuse for not doing something just because, you know, so I, and that wasn't okay with me and I wasn't taking that sitting down. So instead of complaining about it, I just decided to provide a solution and to put it in action. Mm, that's what's up. And so like uh, you, so what do you do in order to kind of showcase Black is Excellence? Mm -hmm. So what we've done each year is different. So we have different themes. And um, one year we did like Voice of the Unheard. We went out and we took pictures of um crossing guards, pastors, teachers, principals, entrepreneurs, people who actually make our communities, the black communities run every day. They are the backbone behind our communities. And uh, we wanted to showcase those people. So we took their pictures and their images were all over the place, downtown Cincinnati, the street banners, we had their pictures and we asked them, what does black history month mean to you? or what does black excellence mean to you? And we had a quote next to their picture. Um, and they were all over, you know, the downtown business district, engineers, um, different families. So, so we have a lot of wonderful things happening in the black communities, but it's not 
highlighted. It isn't getting the attention that it deserves and needs. And so we wanted to make sure that we were showcasing their faces. Um, you know, there's household names. They do this work um, like the Oprah's and Obama's of the world, but they don't need another magazine cover or and everybody will know who they are. But these people like Whitney Gaskins and um, Jennifer, um, you know, all of it, Paul Booth Jr. and um, all of these different people who are the backbone of our communities. They People don't know who they are, but they bring such an important element to our community. We really want to make sure we were highlighting that and giving them their flowers, like they say. <laughs> Give them their flowers now and really showcase the importance of the work that they're doing. And they're just awesome people, so. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> This work is like right up my alley. Like the fact that, you know, because I, I think that it's so beautiful that you are not only just kind of showing these showing these faces in the in the in the people, but also like you're giving them a voice and letting them their perspective of what it means to kind of like you're putting that on front and front and center. I think that like the fact that you're um, you're choosing, for lack of better phrasing, like the everyday, the everyday men is makes it even more important because yeah so much of us put notoriety on uh and they we give praise to folks who have already arrived and are already um you know at front stage and making these big speeches or the people that we seem that are we deem like quote-unquote important there's so much Mm -hmm. in what goes on in the day-to-day and the folks that get unnoticed like i love the I love the phrase. What did the the what you call the project? Voices of the unheard. Is that what it was? Or? Oh, the theme. Yes. Yeah. So the the theme that uh, one year was voice. Uh, yeah, the voices of the unheard. Yeah, that's so powerful to me because, mm-hmm. like, I think that uh, they're those people are foundational to the functioning society and and even our culture, but they don't. They never get recognized for it. exactly yeah i just think that that's that's beautiful work that's where like Mm -hmm. the where the real core of you know humanity comes from it's not from Mm -hmm. getting the glamour and the glory for doing one project or whatever it's for helping students or people across the street so they can get to the next destination it's someone who runs these you know little community events and cooks for folks and gives them delivers stuff to their neighbors like that's Mm -hmm. that's like the real the real thing that's kind of turning this country and this world around too Mm -hmm. so i think that like i think it's really i want to say admirable but it is i mean it's 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 good it's like good everyday solid work but you guys are capturing it in such a beautiful and honest way that i think is really powerful and you're showing the different variety that we are present in like we're not just you know xyz like we are exactly present in so many different avenues so i think that i mean you're talking about giving flowers i'm just here giving you your your flowers i appreciate it but i mean it's true just like when you think about it um the the people who we are showcasing they directly impact their neighbors and the people in their community on a daily basis whereas someone else who may be a household name might not have a direct impact on your day-to-day, but the person who cuts your hair does, um, you know, the person who cuts your grass or, you know, the the small business who's hiring five people in that neighborhood, like they're directly impacting our lives on a day-to-day. So it's really important. And um, hopefully the city, and it's, it's not only Cincinnati, which is unfortunate. I have a sister who lives in New York 
Um, she actually, we worked together on the Finley Market Project, but they're experiencing the same issues in New York. And New York is huge. There's so many people who live in New York, but they lit the Empire State Building for the first time in the history of New York City within the past two years because of her efforts. So it's not just Cincinnati, and um, it's definitely important that we make sure that we are um, creating what we want to see and not sitting around waiting for other people to do it. If they haven't done it now, why wait for them to do it? I mean, obviously they don't care or it's not important to them. So we have to show them why it is important. Mm, that's true. That's really true. You say you have your sister in New York who is, who's ha- kind of having similar issues there. And that yes. that seems so strange to me because there's so many folks who, live out there of different communities you feel like if you think of new york city you think of a space that is literally has every type of person and large quantities so many different cultures and backgrounds all coming together um who all are somewhat you know you you feel like they're powerful enough to have certain voices and whatnot but it's really odd to me that you know even up till recently that that wasn't the case for for the black community exactly Yeah. And sometimes I think we we have um, been doing so much with with less and we haven't had certain things that we don't even realize that we're missing these certain things Mm. that we're not being included in certain areas just because we are used to it. And we're not, um, you know, it didn't dawn on me that Black History Month wasn't being celebrated um until you know probably about four or five years ago that it wasn't something that was visually celebrated I, I mean I guess maybe that's because I'm removed from school so the you know stuff that we do in elementary and high school it kind of is our world so that for me was enough I guess but as an adult to realize that I can go through my entire day in the month of February and not see anything that is visually acknowledging that it's Black History Month is absurd (laughs) when I cannot go through a day and function without using something that a Black or African-American person invented. Right. Let me tell you what, it's, I don't even know what it's like now, but I I doubt that it's really in schools like that (laughs) either, because when I was growing Mm up, um, so I was, I was homeschooled up uh in my elementary school age and then like once I got to uh seventh grade and middle school um I went to public school and uh growing up I mean my my mom was my main teacher and so every mm-hmm. every year we would we would go through and she we would have like full-on lessons throughout the entire month of who's this inventor who's doing this thing and how they've impacted your life. And it's all, it was all about um, celebrating blackness and the wins that we've taken. And then when I went to middle school or public, the public school system and realized there was none of that at all. I was like, wait, why aren't we doing anything like this? Mm -hmm. Um, And so actually when I was in, I don't know what grade it was, probably like 10th or 11th grade. I, um, I went on my own and was like, because it just it just didn't feel right. <laughs> it was like, we can't just let this month go by. And so for the entire month, I think it was my junior year, I like got on the announcements because I, I would like bring information and just like read off something about That's some good. black person that went, that right. did something good for the community. 
Um, I did that every day for that month because I was like, we got to at least celebrate something. And I would have like a poster that I put on one of my teacher's doors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, why am I teaching everybody all this information? Like, it's not, you know, it it's not quote unquote my responsibility, but at the same thing, at the same time, like y'all, we got to get it together. So I don't know how they have changed. I don't know if things have changed since, you know, 2020, because that was uh, an awakening for some folks, if we want to call it that, whether it's real or not, but I don't know how that has translated into uh, the public school system yet. But I, I don't have that much faith in it. <laughs> so I know it's really sad because we, if you think about who we learned about, it's probably more than likely the same people that they're teaching them about. But now that I'm older, I realize how much we did not learn in mm. school. And um, it, of course, it's all by design, uh, which is really sad. And um, like, for instance, my siblings and I just came back from a trip. We went to Egypt together. And I was thinking while I was there, I said, when I was in high, in elementary, middle and high school, never once did I hear anybody correlate Egypt with Africa. They mm. spoke as if Egypt was its own place and that it had no connection or ties with Africa at all. And I got upset about that because I was like, I know I'm not the only person who that who's had that experience. They never said Egypt was in Africa, which is wrong. You know, so it's just education system unfortunately but you know it, it is doing us a disservice we can't count on them it's just like the media um, which is why it's important for black is excellence we want to be sure that we're giving ourselves true and accurate messages and images of black people and not counting on the media because they're showing us one thing but we know that that looks completely different in our neighborhoods everybody isn't selling drugs. Everybody's not down and out. There's some really great communities that are thriving. Black and African-American people are thriving and doing great work, but they're not showcasing that. You know, it's like when one of us does something wrong, it's all Black people, but it doesn't, um, it's not the same conversely when it comes to success. And that's really funny to me. You know what right. I'm saying? It's like, like one that person individual. does something. It's not like, yeah, all of them are successful, but if one of us is a thief, everybody's a thief. So it's like, how does that work? Right. Yeah. It's like this one person is the anomaly. Like when they yeah. when they find a way out of it. That's really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, exactly. So what was it like? Was it kind of nerve wracking to you? Kind of pushing and what was it? What were these intro conversations like when you were introducing the idea? Because you had to get some sort of clearance in order to make the signage and put it up. Like, what was that like? For the most part, those interactions went smoothly and people were excited. And it was almost for them to even non-Black people when I shared the information. I could actually hear it in their voice. It was like a light bulb went off like, oh, we aren't doing that. Or Mm. why aren't we doing that? And they were excited. Like, oh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's, you know, let's work together to make this happen. And like I said, I think on both sides, we've just become accustomed. They've become accustomed to not having to consider representing other groups of people. And we've been become accustomed to not being represented, that people didn't realize that it is systemic. You know what I'm saying? Which is really sad. Um, So they were open to it. Um, And then there was a small percentage. And I can remember a couple of conversations vividly where there was uh, very 
significant pushback, um, being very rude, not wanting to share certain information to make sure that this takes place. And me just having to kind of bite my tongue <laughs> and just continue to push forward so that, you know, we could make this happen. Um, there, there was a conversation about not wanting to showcase the people that we selected because they weren't quote unquote important enough um, because they weren't household names because they, you know, weren't cert of a certain um, status, which was very disheartening. Um, so there were those tough conversations and difficult conversations that I've had and experiences, but that proved to me all the more why it was important to do this work and to continue to move forward. Mm. When you kind of went like, when you hear some of that stuff or get some of those reactions about saying that, you know, some folks aren't important enough and they're essentially saying that they're not worthy to be shown, like, Exactly. What does what that what does that kind of mean like for you like what was that what would that feel like when you kind of had experienced that did you kind of have any sort of reaction or like what Yeah, I did. When when I was on the phone with that person, I you know basically challenged what they said and reiterated the importance of the work that we're doing and the mission behind the work, mm-hmm. um, and thanked them for their time. And when I got off the phone to be completely transparent, I cried and I called my mom and I was, and this was the day before the banners were supposed to be put up. And they basically said that, that, you know, long story short, they they didn't want their, um, something that represented their company or their business or organization to be on the banner. And this is the day before they were supposed to go up. So I had to call back and ask, hey, is there any way we can cover this up or have, you know, so that it's not visible? And um, it was like six o'clock at night. I was oh at work gosh. and the banners were supposed to go up that next morning. Luckily, um, her name is Lori. She works for 3CDC. Extremely, extremely helpful. And I called her cell phone and she was like, no problem. We got it taken care of, which was a blessing. And um, after that conversation, I called my mom and I was really emotional. I think it was a combination of just being tired and working on the project for so long and just discouraged. I was just really, it was just so disheartening to hear somebody say that, Um, like the status of somebody wasn't, like they weren't good enough. And I was just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, (laughs) it's just sad. It was just really sad because those are the back that's the backbone of our community they do the work that sometimes we aren't willing to do or we don't want to do and um it just was very disheartening to hear that but you know um it's um it worked itself out so yeah that's so tough like that's heavy and uh, yeah, sorry that you had to deal with that. I mean, I feel like there's so many, so many things that we got to deal with left and right of just things that are just flat out, just like, not even from a racial standpoint, just like disrespectful. Like you don't, you, like, who are you to sort of put, um, uh, label someone by their importance and who are you to kind of give them or take away the importance enough to be able to be displayed in this way. The fact that you think that is actually the reason that they need to go up. 
And it's, exactly. really, it's really interesting. So I was I wonder once they went up, um, did you have any sort of like interaction with this company or this person or this group after the fact, or was it kind of just dead after that? No, yeah, no, there was there's nothing really much more to talk about after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they they held up their uh, their end of the bargain as far as supporting and sponsoring a portion of you know the work that they said that they would so um they honored that and um you know it's situations like that that good and good and bad you know you can learn something from it um and it was an unfortunate conversation but it was important to, for me just to know that just because and I heard this a long time ago just because you're doing good work or work that is to benefit um, you know, a group of people, it doesn't mean everybody's going to be on board. And that's just the, the honest truth about it. Yeah, that's a really mm-hmm. good point. So is the, and the banners aren't still up, are they? Are they speaking? So they are that? up through, during the month of February. Okay. Um, so usually between February and sometimes they carry over into March, just depending on um, if this space is being utilized or not. Um, and then the Duke Energy Center, they usually change the lighting on the signs for at least a week or two. Yeah, I've seen We're it. still pushing and challenging, like, give us the entire month. Um, so we're still working to kind of make that, that happen. And then there was an, another incident with the corporation who basically, they honored the request the first year and showcased our images. And then the second year, they said, we're unable to do it because if any other like off the cuff organizations requested oh us to do this, we would be obligated to do it as well. And I said, well, that's not exactly true. Just what? like you're telling me that you can't do it. That's the reason. That's who you would tell. No, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, if somebody's being discriminative, oh if it's hate gosh. speech, if it's anything like that, you know, that's, that's where you draw the line. Oh my um, so, yeah, it's pretty, it's a larger organization, and, and it's just, it's, you know, <laughs> the way in the world, I guess. You yeah. got, you really, like, that's such, that's just crap, man. I feel like it is. that is so, like, it's it's so laughable. Like, the fact that you're trying mm-hmm. to, you're saying you're going to, uh, you're basically saying no because something else might come up. <laughs> it's like, that's like, yeah. that's like if somebody invites you. To, I don't know, people nowadays are so finicky in terms of, you know, hanging out with each other, but I'm guilty sometimes too. But they'll like, you know, you'll, some, your friends will ask you to come out for dinner or something on on like Friday night and you just say like, uh, I don't think so because you're hoping out that someone else that you really want to hang out with is going to come up and ask you to hang out on Friday so you can exactly. do It's such like, that's, that's so bad. Like, and I think that... Um, it's it's a product of like not of companies or corporations not understanding like the actual gravity of what they're doing like not really and I don't mm-hmm. even want to say understanding just not even respecting it again because this is not it's not a moment this thing is not what mm-hmm. we're, what we're doing is not something you can do one year and not for the other like it should be no issues guys like at the end of the day it's just lights. Put them up for a month. That's all it is. Exactly. You get to do whatever yeah. you want after that. We just asking for the literally the bare minimum. And I feel like that's been like the, yeah. the overall struggle of 
black people as a whole is that we work so hard to get the bare minimum. And it's exactly. like that that's just it's it's exhausting after a while and you can understand why some people are, are just like, you know what? This is how it is. It's just going to let it be that way mm-hmm. because it's not worth the right. fight, you know? Why would I try and wrestle you know, wrestle somebody at a grocery store for like the last little box of, uh, of like cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's not worth it. There's a whole grocery <laughs> store over here. I'll find something else. You yeah, know? Right. All right. So that analogy sucked, but y'all knew what I was talking about, right? Anyway. So yeah. it, it's just, it's so exhausting. And so like, it is really a testament for those and for you specifically who are able to kind of push beyond that barrier and still persist even though walls keep getting put up and they're totally not even yeah. legitimately for any illegitimate reason it's just it's mm-hmm. it's disgusting but i mean I don't yeah know. it is and and the fact that it happens on purpose to mm-hmm. discourage you and i often thought you know if i were a lesser person or maybe i just got started on this journey of you know community activism and serving the community I would take the first answer and just, oh, okay, I can't do it. Um, but luckily, <laughs> I'm, I'm built a little tougher than that. And my parents have always instilled at us, you know, you don't take the first no, you continue to go back. And so my favorite question now has become, if you can't do that, what can you do? So I'm, I'm like, you can tell me no, okay. And then my reply is, okay, so if you can't do that, then what can you do? And then that puts the ball back in their you're not going to just say no. There's something you can do. Let's figure that out. That's really interesting. That's a good idea, too. I got to put that into my own practice. Yes. Yeah, because we got to you got to be fully equipped when you're out here in the streets. Like ain't nobody <laughs> out here looking <laughs> looking out for you <laughs> except us. Exactly. You know, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, they're not going to offer that information. We, we're not allowed to do this, but we can do this. But then when you you kind of force them or challenge them to think about it, then it's like, well, maybe we can do this or that or whatever the case right but just keep keep at it mm-hmm. did you um so did you see any sort of growth and recognition for the things that either you're doing specifically or for black is excellence as a whole over the last you know year and a half or so like post george floyd uh so we actually the first year that we hosted was 2020 so it's february of 2020 so oh, it was okay. prior to COVID actually officially happening. And it was before the summer of George Floyd's death. And um, I'm trying to think since then, like I said, I think people have just, if nothing else, realized the importance of it. Um, We have received press, uh, news stations and press releases and uh, presented in front of city hall and different things like that. So. That's And just hearing from people, I was at the museum, at the art museum, and somebody came up to me and was like, oh, I saw you on Lincoln Ware's show. And they were basically just, you know, saying, thank you for doing that work. And that really meant a lot for me because, Mm. you know, not even from the city. So it was just nice to hear that people appreciate the work and that it's being recognized and making a difference. That's nice. I, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that... uh... I don't want to, I don't know about Cincinnati's in particular, but I have been just paying attention like globally, obviously like there are more eyes on kind of the things that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And just because like now people are somewhat woke, 
we just want to, I don't even know what to call it anymore. It's yeah. like, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a wokeness that feels, um, in my opinion, a little bit inauthentic and just like, mm-hmm. it's, it's temporary. I'm gonna just call it what it is. Somebody can try, yeah. you can try and change my mind if you want, but, 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 yeah. uh, uh, yeah. And so, you know, I feel like you know, speaking with a bunch of like now that there's more eyes on us, I'm talking with other folks who are creative and who are, you know, business owners doing their own thing, specifically black people about this moment. And I want to get your take, too, about not their eyes on us. Do you feel any sort of pressure in order to sort of capitalize understanding, for my opinion, that this may not be their eyes may not always be focused on us as, as hard as they are in this era? Um, I don't feel any pressure. I do. Um, I do think there are certain instances where it is genuine and mm-hmm. there are corporations and, and groups of people that are realizing like, you know what, this isn't right. So, um, and for no reason, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that they have benefited from black people in some way, shape or form. And although you may not directly be causing an issue if you're uh if you are benefiting from it in any way and you're not using your voice and you're not saying that it's wrong or doing something as uncomfortable as it may be to challenge the conversations around the people that you're uh, surrounded by or at work then you're a part of the problem as well Mm. so uh, hopefully that is changing and I do feel like there are instances where people are genuinely starting to change in that way. Um, it's not fast enough, of course, but then a lot of it is performative. And um, you can tell, or, or at least I can, especially in the funding sphere, when I think about, you know, a million dollars to this, a million dollars to that. And it's like, but there are so many small organizations, grassroots organizations that could use that money to really make a direct impact and the larger organizations are choosing not to go that route whether it's too complicated they don't want to invest the time whatever the case may be it's proving to the point that it's performative you just want something really quick you know what i'm saying something mm-hmm. that you can get your name out there and then you can be done with it but we're, i'm not looking for performative uh, partnerships or collaborations i want something that's going to leave a lasting and direct impact yeah so um yeah i mean i don't feel that pressure just because i've been doing this prior to 2020 and so it's something that it comes natural to me but there are probably people who are like oh i have this short time frame i have to get as much money as i can and yeah that is pressured and it's, it's disingenuous and it won't last long yeah, I've been trying to uh yeah, I think for I think you had a lot of good points there. I think that for myself, I'm yeah, I've I've kind of like I think I've slowed down almost intentionally because initially, you know, kind of mm-hmm. when things were very heightened, I had a I had a, a feeling or an almost an obligation to be like, okay, my voice has to be here now and I got to capitalize on this for not just for me, but for other the other generations and other folks who are around me too. Like I have this this ability, this gift, this, this, and this opportunity, I need to seize it. And I think I ended up, um, I ended up running myself down a little bit just because I felt like it was not doing, cause I've been, again, I'm like you, I, you know, it's like a life, this is a lifelong journey, lifelong mission. This isn't just, I have not been doing this work just because of the moment, but 
because there were more, um, there was more focus, I kind of felt like, oh, okay, now I got to ramp things up a little bit and keep things moving to the point where I just kind of like, I don't want to say I crashed, but I was like, you know, I had like a realization where it's like, man, I'm, yeah. like, this is really exhausting. And like, I'm, you know, I don't have to finish the work like mm-hmm. now. This is work that's going to always be happening. It's always going to be in the back of my mind, even as things progress and move forward and get better. The bottom line of the reason why I do this work is to liberate uh, black voices or black people and and uplift our voices. Um, that's always going to be that's always going to be a fight that I'm going to be doing. And so I'm like, I'm now exactly. shifted to be like, oh, you know what? I'm just I'm taking my time now. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is still going to have this this re- this like bottom line to it, this foundation. But it doesn't need to be like right this moment you know i can do it as it comes up naturally obviously you want to be ambitious and push um for things in order to move the needle but uh, but it just you know you have to understand that like this is a this is a slow long game if we want slow Mm -hmm. long change you just got to be willing to just just coast through it but then strike when you see those opportunities don't necessarily you know force it so i don't know exactly yeah yeah stay stay ready so you don't have to get ready exactly yeah so like you know you can take this time like i'm taking this time just to like just to be ready i'm ready i'm ready Mm -hmm. and i'm just slowly building slowly grinding i think it's something i think all of us can really can really do together just understand that like you know even when corporations and the society is going to be done with us like we're going to have used that opportunity to build so much momentum and such a strong foundation that when they're done, we're still going to be moving and they're going to be forced to kind of move, to move with us. And so that's kind of the way that, that I've kind of shifted my thinking. And I think it's been a lot more, I've been, I've been freeing myself by thinking about it that way. So that's really good. Yeah. I've not heard that, that in that perspective, but I could see how that could be the case for people where they're like feeling they have to take advantage of all of these funding opportunities and grants and conferences and all of this stuff to where they're exhausting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking mainly from like, you know, a photographer's and a filmmaker standpoint, there's a lot of, lot of organizations who like, um, like there's an initiative called like that was started recently called like hire black photographers. And so lots mm-hmm. of like publications and magazines mm-hmm. and, you know, organizations around the country are like specifically hiring like black photographers because that's okay. the, that's the movement right now. Right. And so it's <laughs> like, what? I mean, are you doing it just because you're supposed to be doing yeah. it because that's what the that's that's what the uh, the the terminology is, or are you actually really about this? So um, that's kind of where the perspective is that I'm thinking of. But it's like, you know what? We're just we're just going like you said. We're just going to build, stay ready. So we mm-hmm. have to get ready so that when the moment comes, it's not like, oh, snap, we're not prepared for this. You know, we're going to be exactly. going down. So, yeah, it's really interesting. But, yeah, just um, thank you for sharing that, too. There's not too much more that I kind of wanted that I wanted to cover, but I do want to ask you in general. Um, I spoke with, uh, do you know uh, Iris Rowley? Do you know who that is? I know of her. I may have met her once or twice. I don't know her as well, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So we actually photographed her for a magazine not too long ago, and we had a, a nice discussion um, just kind of about the things that we're talking about now. Um, I was basically just kind of asking her her thoughts about it, and she's like, you know, one of the things that is important to remember that I tell myself um, is that, yes, uh, 
in my day to day, I'm I'm a mother, I'm a business owner, I'm mm-hmm. um, a, a chef, I'm all these things, but also, you know, at the core of it, I'm a black woman. And so I have to remember throughout this, I have to be able to check in with myself to see how I'm right. feeling because I'm supposed, I am a caretaker, I am an activist, I am leading this exactly. movement in the city, but I have to come back to center and like really check in with myself from time to time to be like, how I, how am I doing as a black woman? What is all this stuff? How am I filtering it through that sort of lens? And mm-hmm. I want to like do that so you can take care of yourself. And so I want to ask you like how out of all the things you're doing as a you know a black mother, you're a business owner, you're mm-hmm. an activist, uh, you're you know you do everything. But as a black woman, what like how do you feel now? <laughs> Um, like overall, I feel wonderful. So for me, my relationship, um, my, with God is like my foundation. There's an, I don't get up in the morning. I cannot get out of the bed without spending time. Like I have to spend that time in prayer and, um, making sure that I'm grounded before I leave my house, because there's so many things, like you said, and you don't even have to leave the house now. It's, the phone and social media and TV. I don't even sleep with my phone under my pillow. I plug it into the wall. And if like my alarm goes off, I literally have to get up out of the bed to go and turn it off. So I force myself to disconnect. When I get home, I plug it up and, and that's it. Um, But I don't stay on my phone or with a screen in front of me, unless like we're watching TV together as a family or something like that. But making sure that I really am just taking that time to build that foundation before I leave the house and before I go to sleep um, in prayer and just figuring out what direction I'm going in today. Just being um, really thankful for everything that I have. There's so many people who are going through issues and loss and death sickness, all of these things. And we have so many things to be grateful for. And so I just want to make sure I'm spending time, um, you know, honoring that gratefulness and and gratitude and laying that foundation. And it's important for me to do that vocally so that my children hear me also to build that foundation for them. And that grounds me and it gets me ready for my day. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. It's like taking a vitamin or exercise um and and i do that also exercise two or three times a week i love a good facial a nice <laughs> match <laughs> so just to make sure that i am taking that time to care for myself and give myself time to breathe like sometimes i just go and buy a something that I like to drink or eat and sit down and do nothing except look outside the window or go to the park and sit there and drink whatever it is that I'm drinking or eating and just be in that moment. Um, Reading my books or whatever the case may be, listening to something funny, whatever it is, just really laying a foundation of peace um, in my life because it's really important. If you don't do that, your attention is going to be pulled in every single direction that you allow it to be. So just making sure that I'm grounded And I find myself often throughout the day, I'm just like, Lord, thank you for the peace of this moment. Like just the peace of right now, if it's the birds chirping or whatever it is, um, just being appreciative for those peaceful moments because they are few and far between. 
depending on how your day is structured. So um, that, that for me helps. And I can't imagine waking up and not having that kind of structure or system, um, you know, to keep me motivated and functioning and, and, and running on a day to day. So mm-hmm. that, that's how I kind of make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that um, on that same tip, I kind of I try to do similar things as well. Uh, but I have to actually schedule time for it. Like I have to put it in my calendar to be like, <laughs> go outside, go for a walk and just be, yeah. just like just breathe. I think you, mm-hmm. you know, I think that you hit it on the head when you're, you're saying that you just ask, you just thank God for just the little moments, being in the moment. I think yeah. that is so um, undervalued. And I think overall, being grateful for just the birds and just to be able to breathe clean air and to have mm-hmm. nature around us, like it's such, um, it's such a reward to be able to mm-hmm. do that um, and a gift. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I think that that also you know, then you have like gratitude for even the things that are even quote unquote bigger than that when they do come. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like, that's yeah. probably one of the best everyday practices that I think that we could do is just be in the moment and just be grateful for, for that moment. Cause it's not promised. Especially yeah, when you think about what's going on with the Haitian people and the Afghan people and the, I can't even imagine the emotional and mental stress of waking up and not knowing anything. I, I mean, we knew how stressful it was for, as far as COVID, like the unknown and not knowing which direction we were going in or if we would get sick or not. But to have that added stressor of people, like a group of people, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, misusing their power or physically harming you or your children or you know like bombs and like all of these things going on around you like I can't even imagine what that type of stress is like so to be able to walk down the street and know that when I go home home is still going to be there I'm not grabbing whatever I can get my hands on and trying to find somewhere safe to to get to my family and hoping that we stay together um, in those instances we take so many things for granted here in this country and there is um you know so many things that we have to be grateful for when you look at the big picture yeah yeah i actually know someone who is has family in afghanistan she's from there but she lives here she's here for school and that what a scary time because her family her family in particular um has very has fought adamantly about um equality for all genders all folks and they um her parents i think actually helped start one of the first schools that allowed women to part- or girls to participate in like the early oh, wow. or something like that in like one of, in their village at least and so they're you know they're about it they're about this fight and so they're mm-hmm. about it and that's like the reason that she's in school here now is because of the foundation that they laid for her and so the freedoms, awesome. the freedoms that they fought for, but now seeing that they're still there and all the freedoms that they were fighting for just got stripped away within like mm-hmm. days, basically. Right. And, you know, you're it, it scares you. It's so scary to feel like 
you know, you can't even be in this moment here studying and enjoying the moment because your family's literally in danger back at home. Mm-hmm. So like, right. it's such a weird position to be in. But again, yeah, it just show, goes to show that those are the things that like, of course, if you have like, if your heart and you're, you're tuned in, you're going to pay attention and understand those things. But you don't, you, you can, we can check in and out of things that, have, of things like that. Like we can be like, you know, like it hasn't been in the news cycle in a while, you know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. So like we can move on with our, with our daily lives and be okay with like walking outside and it's, be, and it's beautiful and we're chilling. They don't have the opportunity. So it is great to just step, step in every day to just be like, wow, look at this privilege that we have to just like mm-hmm. do this thing and, and, and really enjoy it and do it on our own time. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's, it's, it's really, that practice is really powerful. I don't have too much. I think that this has been really awesome. This has been super great. Um, I agree. I have, um, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have one more thing that I like to ask. Actually, I'm just, it's kind of like, I want to ask random questions that are kind of unrelated. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, and they're gonna they're usually you know i'm trying to make them different for every guest but uh okay this is just a general question what's like uh tell me about like some pet peeves that you have just day-to-day pet peeves um so actually one i just experienced today and it just really ugh, i was just like i don't know I, but anyway long story short i don't like how uh people in this country talk to people that are not from this country Mm, and that really bothered me I was at the bank clearly these people need help and there's a language barrier and it's just like yeah no I can't help and I'm like "Ah, it's so cringy it's just it is so that's one I just don't like that um pet peeve uh seeing people throw things out their window (laughs) while I'm driving oh my goodness I'm like, if you don't want it in your car, why do you think we want it in the earth? <laughs> Come on, tell me about it. Like, like, I seriously am like, and then in today's day and age, you have to gauge what you say and how you say it to people. So it's just like, ugh. Yes. But pollution, ugh, that's annoying. It's so real. Um, that's a whole nother yeah, thing. It's yeah, it's really strange that people think that that's okay. Um. Another pet, just people just not considering others is, I would just say, just a cover all, just being yeah. rude for no reason. Right. Because, um, you know, I'm like, obviously I didn't see you or I wouldn't have done that, but some people are just rude and they don't care. So I guess, but yeah. Um, what else don't I like? I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's a hard, right? <laughs> um. I don't, I'm not a dog person. So when people's dogs are all in my personal space, that bothers me. It's like this, you know, this isn't a child or a person. Um, Please get them out of my personal space. That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. At the grocery store, they're everywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. dogs are everywhere these days. And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) dang. So there's no, so there's no dog in your future. Nah, not uh, I don't know. My husband loves dogs, right. and I, I just, I don't hate them. I'm just not a dog lover. Sure, that's fine. Um, I'm sure there's so, one yeah, though. Like, there's one that I'm sure is gonna just, just steal your heart, and you're gonna. Well, love uh, it. we had he had a dog, and um, and, and it's the larger ones too, because I'm kind of a smaller 
frame person. So any dog is probably like a medium sized dog probably weighs as much as I am. Jeez. <laughs> so that's all I'm like, if this dog, you know, has any ideas, it's going to be a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're done for. You got no defenses. Right. Okay. But the, the dog hurt herself and her paws. She couldn't walk. She broke them. And so I was just like, okay. So I was like taking her out and feeding her. And after that, we were cool. Okay. Um, but. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't hate them. I'm just not like a dog lover. Well, you just want, you want your space, and that's respectable, because some dogs, they really love, <laughs> love to get kids, out. I like people, but yeah. just dogs. I get that. it. They stink. They're kind of, yeah, they drool they and stuff. I get it. They got fur all over it's the place. It's a drool. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I've got, I got a drooler. One of my, I have two dogs, so one of mine uh-huh. is a hound, and so he just like Ooh. salivates all over the place. He's a really uh. sweet dog. But man, is he messy! And <laughs> I, so I get it. If you want your space, yeah, I get it. I'm wa- washing clothes all the time because of him. But they're cool. I mean, yeah. as long as people are respectful while they're walking them, then that's fine. Yeah, I feel that. I say, um, I say, one pet peeve of mine is like uh, when people. I don't know how you eat, but when people <laughs> don't, <laughs> they they don't like their food touching. And I, I'm like, wait, what? It's all going to the same place. Exactly. Why does it yeah. matter if they're touching or not? And I think oh, my younger <laughs> sister is kind of like that. And so, sorry, uh, Anya, if you're listening, but that's just it. Just, just like, just eat the food. Like it's all gonna go down. Just eat it. If it if it rubs on the other thing, don't throw the whole plate away. That's food waste. Just eat the food. Get it done. <laughs> so yes. Uh, yeah, that's so, hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, uh, Kay. I think that's that's it. I, I really appreciate the time that we had today. This has been really fun. Um, is there anything that we can look out for that you're kind of working on or developing? Or yeah, so we're actually we have been meeting for Black is Excellence 2022. So that'll be coming in February, mm-hmm. and um, Hyper Farm. We're working on a uh, hydroponic farming system that we're hoping will be up and ready to go in 2022. So we're really excited and continuing to, to have fun and do the work that we enjoy doing. Excellent. Sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah. No, this has been dope. So that was cool, right? Thank you again to Kai for taking the time to just chat with me i really appreciated that conversation and thank y'all for listening um like we talked about k has got a ton of stuff going on especially coming up february is on the way so black is excellence is really about to start popping off in the next couple weeks or so so uh follow what they're doing links to everything that we talked about including those projects are going to be in the show notes so as always if y'all have any suggestions about the podcast in general guests you'd like to have on or if you yourself want to be a part of this feel free to email me uh, at whatsappasa at gmail.com and oh yeah i'm still looking for an editor so if you're an editor and you're interested in helping out with the podcast hit me up hit me up dms emails anything follow us on social media uh we're at tim's pod t-i-m-s-p-o-d 
on Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe this video. It's super helpful for us. Let's get some more people to listen because this is great stuff in my opinion. I know y'all like it too. So yeah, so that's all I got for today. Just before I go, I just got to let y'all know that none of us have any idea what we're doing. We just become better actors. And with that, I pray that y'all stay safe. See y'all next time. Peace.